Zach Wilson is the anti-hero. Sorry, I had to do it. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey come to MetLife Stadium this week. It's Jets versus Chiefs Sunday night football. I apologize in advance to the primetime audience. You get Zach Wilson, who Robert Sala has defended incredibly too much. We talk about Sala's defense of Wilson. Joe Namath's comments on Zach Wilson. And preview Jets Chiefs. Trevor Simeon is now a Jet, but might be too soon to see him. But we talk with Jake Asman about can the Jets make a trade for a quarterback? And who are the two names we have circled for the Jets to maybe trade for in October? You're going to want to hear this. It's all coming up next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here with Brian Costello. Jake Aspen will join me in a bit. And, uh, you know, Cos, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. That's what I said to Zach Wilson when, uh, you know, he became the Jets starting quarterback. And the Jets here are just trying to shake it off. All right. That's enough references. I mean, I'm already getting I'm sick. Gonna, of the- I'm going to log off, Jake, if this is going to be Taylor Swift references. All right. I went, I went from uh, Bruce Rinksy. It was very, it was clever Sunday night. It's no longer clever. I know. Well, listen, it's, it's Swift week here, um, but I agree. It has gotten extremely old and it's gotten out of hand, but Hey, it's done wonders here. You know, for the NFL, the numbers were just insane. And he got 350,000 followers on Instagram. People like, you know, all the Swifties had no idea who he was. Um, and he gets the followers. The viewership was through the roof. So, the eyes are all on the game. It might not be the Jets. It might be people just waiting to see if she's in a press box. She does live in the city, so maybe she'll be there. But you know, I you mentioned- sure you she won't be in the press box, Jake. But not the press box in a suite. You know, you know, a, bo- a box, not yeah, the press box. box. Yeah. She won't be sitting with you know you and Samini, um, you know, breaking down Zach Wilson's performance. That Robert Sala. I get you got to defend your quarterback, Cos, but. It's gotten a little bit out of control. We're just there's just no blame whatsoever to the point where on the Michael K show, he's Zach is a good man. He works his tails off. He stands for everything you want out of a human. You'd want your daughter to marry the young man. Or I guess in some some people could joke you'd want your mom to marry the man because he likes older women. But that, that story has got old too. But is the defense of Zach here too much? Or, you know, is this just a quarterback? I don't know if I've seen a coach defend a quarterback to this extent of a quarterback who's been this terrible. Yeah, he went too far Monday, Jake. I thought one one kind of trick, I don't know if it's a trick or what you, you learn as a reporter is if you put a word into the question, a lot of times people will repeat that word. That he was asked, like, is Zach the unquestioned starter? Yes, Zach's the unquestioned starter. Now the question doesn't appear anywhere, right? So it's like that word unquestioned. That was stupid. That was a stupid thing for Sala to say. Uh, he shouldn't. You, you know, you can say Zach's our starting quarterback. That's it, guys. This is tough for me, Jake, right? Because I'm a reporter. I want them to say interesting things, right? But if I was advising Robert Sala, if I was inside the Jets organization, I'd say you got to be a little more Belichick here. 
Like you got to say the less you say, the better right now. Like all he has to say to us guys, Zach's our quarterback. Uh, you know, Robert, are you considering change? Guys, Zach's our quarterback. I'm not going to discuss what, you know, what we're talking about behind the scenes or anything like that. He, and look, from a reporter, I don't want him to do that. <laughs> so, but I like, he, he's got to help himself a little bit here because he, he said some things Monday. I didn't hear that one from the Michael K show. That's a little over the top as well um, in a different way. But he, there was a, another one he said, oh, Zach wasn't the reason we lost the game. Anyone who watched that game knows Zach's the reason they lost the game. Uh, just mm-hmm. don't say it. You don't have to say you don't have to say Zach is the reason we lost the game. I don't expect the coach to say that. He just has to say less. And again, I don't want him as a beat reporter. That's 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 tough. But uh, he 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 went too far on Monday, and I understand why fans are upset. Yeah, it's gotten just out of control. I mean, I'd like him to give him some blame. This is year three. We're not in year one or two anymore with this kid. We you can't keep treating him, you know, like a freshman in high school. I mean, this is this yes, is the big leagues. Yes and no, Jake. Right but here's the problem the Jets have right now is they have a backup quarterback playing from week one on, right? That's a tough situation for anybody. Most of the time when you have a backup quarterback playing from week one, they're judged on a curve, right? No one expects anything from Joshua Dobbs in Arizona. I'm trying to think of other backup quarterbacks of a similar ilk. You don't like usually, you know, Jameis Winston's going to play for the Saints this week, Jake. Obviously he was a high draft pick, but not by the Saints. People, whatever Jameis does, people will be happy if he if he screw throws a touchdown. Be like, all right, good, we got that out of him. Sort of like Mike White when Mike White was here, there was no expectations when Mike White played against Cincinnati, right? If he if he he went out and played a great game, if he, but if he into a guy and just played a mediocre game, he would have been happy. Zach Wilson, as long as he's a New York Jet, is the number two pick in the draft, and that is how he's judged. So right now, he's not being judged like a guy who wasn't supposed to play, who's the backup quarterback. He's being judged like the number two pick and you guys are sick of it. And I get it. And you've seen him for three years. It hasn't gotten better. I, but for Salah, this is what he has. There's, there's no, we'll talk about Trevor Simeon in a bit, I'm sure, but there was nowhere, there's nowhere else to go right now, Jake. So he has to make the best of this. And he's trying like last year, the kid completely lost his confidence. I think Salah's doing everything he can to make sure that doesn't happen again. I, I think it, it's happening, but, but Sal is trying to push back against that tide and try to build the kid up. And I get what he's doing. He just went a little too far on Monday. And the other thing, Jake, Sala, you can't, there's, he doesn't criticize players to the media. He does it behind the scenes. So he better not be doing that Monday in the team meeting, right? Like let's hope that's not happening. That's a different story than what he says to the media. He better be criticizing Zach just like he's criticizing Joe Tipman, if he makes a mistake, or he's criticizing CJ Mosley if he makes a mistake. It's that, you know, he better be treating the same to the team. With the media, it's, you know, he, he has to say what he has to say. The, the Jets missed the playoffs, even, you know, with Zach here. You know, the, the assumption is Salah's canned. So, no, 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 no. That's not the assumption. You think now because, you know, they're Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to say to Woody Johnson, if you want me back, he comes back. I guarantee it. You think so? All right. I guarantee it. The reason he came here was Robert Sala and Joe Douglas went out and wooed him. And now he's going to go, okay, you guys pick another coach and GM. I'm fine. Whoever you pick, go with like, But if this is a 3-14, and 14, what if this is 3-14 and 14 season? They're not going to go 3-14. and 14. I'm just saying, what if? You never know with the Jets. You know, right. you they go three and, if they go 3-14, and 14, yeah, maybe. Then, But then Rodgers isn't back here next year either. Then that's everything's blown up. Like, you he's think? not – Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to play for some coach that, like, unless you let him hire the coach, you want to do that. Yeah, Hackett becomes coach. Then yeah. Hack, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you give me that scenario, fine. But like, Aaron Rodgers was not happy 
that Green Bay did not involve him in the process when they hired Matt LaFleur, more than just a phone call. He got a phone call with Matt LaFleur. He didn't have any input in that to, into that decision. He's going to be 41 years old, probably playing the last year of his career, or maybe take, he's not going to want to play for some somebody he doesn't know. I mean, let, again, if you turn it over to him and say, go hire whoever you want, he hires Nathaniel Hackett, then, then that's it. But, you know, they're in a situation now, Jake, where I think I think they're going to get a pass for this season. Two and yeah, Two wins, three wins might be a different story, but I, I don't think that's how the season's going to go. I sure hope not because I'm already getting sick of this goddamn team and it's only, you know, week four. Um, You mentioned it, you know, you want to talk about guys who got hurt early in the first quarter, you know, coming into a game, Trevor Simeon knows that well. Uh, You know, I saw the clip clip of Simeon when he did get hurt. That video is just gruesome. I mean, that's all that video is a lot worse than the Rogers injury video. That ankle just, what was the exact Injury. It was like a. I think it was it a was, disloc- dislocated ankle. Or fr- I can't remember. Torn ligament. Fr- yeah. Torn ligaments in his ankle. But yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, just tore up his ankle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that was uh, coincidentally Monday Night Football, uh, and that was against the Browns and Miles Garrett. Trevor Simeon is a New York Jet now. It's going to take him time, obviously, to learn the playbook. So we assume Tim Boyle's still the backup this week, and maybe Simeon will be ready for next week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, he's a veteran. He, he's played in the West Coast system before. He played for Chicago last year, Jake. Chicago's offense corner is Luke Getze, who was in Green Bay with with Hackett. So there's some crossover. When you have a guy like that that's been around, he's I'm sure he's played in variations of the system. He's For him, he's going to have to learn – the word, the the verbiage, you know, he's gonna have to learn how what they call plays here and that kind of stuff. So he's on the practice squad for now. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see how Sunday night goes. But I, I think they could they could have him ready for Denver. It's conceivable, but you know, I don't think they're pressing that button yet, Jake. I, I but I think that's that's probably the extreme. That'd be if things really really went terrible on Sunday night. What was your initial? Mine was, eh, I mean, I'm glad they brought someone in, but was, were you like, oh, I mean, no one was probably like, wow, yes, Trevor Simeon, our problems are solved. I wanted Colt McCoy um, or even Carson Wentz, but what, what was your reaction to Simeon? Eh, you know, yeah. it's, it's a body. They need a warm body in here, Jake, and that's what he is. He's a veteran. He's smart. The question I have that I can't seem to get an answer to is why, why not sign Trevor Simeon two weeks ago, right? Like, I don't understand, like you because now he'd be ready. So you waited two weeks. It almost feels like they waited until the pressure was on, right? Until everyone's screaming after Sunday's game to do this when they could have done it two weeks ago. And he and now maybe he'd be ready to play. Yeah, it's it's not gonna excite anyone, Jake, that's for sure. And uh, you know, Zach Wilson has excited hasn't excited Joe Namath, who went off on the Michael K show. And listen, you gotta acknowledge Joe is getting older. Um, but this was the strongest I've heard him say, and we've had him on, um, and he hasn't, you know, defended Zach much, but he said, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. His performance was disgusting, adding there was no positives. He was saying, send him to Kansas city to back up somebody like Mahomes, maybe learn something. I wouldn't keep him. I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. You know, I said similar things Monday morning, Garrett Wilson responded to the comments. He said, we love Joe, but I hope we find a way to use that as ammunition and one day, Joe Namath can admit he was wrong, and hopefully we can make him eat his words. And then Aaron Rodgers also chimed in, saying, when we're not having success, how do we respond? I respond to adversity, and that goes to our fan base, foreign players as well. You're not helping the cause, he said. So uh, what do you think of uh, Broadway Joe entering the chat? Yeah, I was surprised, Jake, that he went that strong. Uh, obviously, we I've talked to Joe a number of times over the last decade, and 
He's he. There was a time, Jake, where he did this. I don't know if you remember, like 2011. I want to say he used to do a weekly spot with Michael K, and he ripped the team like it, like and ripped Rex Ryan constantly, and to the point where there was a rift between Joe and the organization for a long time after that. And it was there was a there was a stretch of several years there where Joe wasn't really around the Jets, which was sad. And they fixed that. <laughs> I got a feeling Joe's not going to be around much this season <laughs> now. Joe's a fan, Jake, right? He's the number one, he's the number one guy in the history of the franchise. So his words hit different than everybody else's, but he's a fan. He's expressing the same stuff you express, the same stuff I'm getting on, you know, my emails, like same thing you see on Twitter. He's a fan. And, you know, I, I said this earlier, Jake, I, I was on a show um, this morning and I feel like the Jets universe, players, coaches, fans are going through the five stages of grief. And, I think denial and anger hit pretty quick after Rodgers went down. That's what I heard was like, can't believe this happened. Why can't we have nice things? That whole thing. I think bargaining started a few days later when it was the, hey, well, maybe Zach's better, right? Like he's had this time with Rodgers. Maybe we can win with Zach and maybe he'll be better. Everyone was kind of bargaining there. Now we're in depression. And that's what you're hearing. It's depression. It's I think the players yelling on the sidelines is a result of depression. I think... Joe Namath going off on Michael Kay's depression. The final stage is acceptance, Jake. And I think we're probably a few weeks away from that. Maybe if they can get a win in Denver, everyone will kind of take a deep breath and go, all right, this is reality now. Like, like we're going to be a mediocre team. We're not going to be a two-win team, like people feel like right now. But we're not going to be a 12-win team, like we thought we were going to be. But, hey, maybe we can find a way to steal some wins and, and – contend for the wild card. I think that's coming probably in a few weeks, Jake, but they need to get a win. <laughs> and the schedule is just so hard. I mean, this is, this sets up tough, but if they can win that Bronco, that Broncos game feels like a must high, win. high pressure game. <laughs> I mean, you know, last week was a must win. The, the, the Broncos won like, cause if you're two and four heading into the bye, right. What we, we said three and three, uh, even with Rogers, we were talking about three and three would be good. So if you're two and four schedule lightens up, they play some teams that are in their weight class, like the Giants, you know, the Raiders, the Texans, the Falcons. Like these are teams that are in the Jets' weight class, and they can they can play with. There's some wins on the schedule, Jake. It's just hard to see them right now. Yeah, and you, I mean, you can, you just cannot lose to a Denver team that gave up 70 freaking points, and uh, it's pretty amazing. The AFC, the Dolphins are the only three and O team. Like this is a weird, like we we said on the last show. It's been a weird year in the NFL so far, but the fact that you know, there's one three and O team in the AFC is insane to me just this early in the year. All right. Well, they better be bouncing around on Sunday night. The poor primetime viewership, at least they now, you know, get the Taylor Swift story of it, but you know, it's going to be ugly. The jets are nine and a half point underdog cause as uh, you know, MetLife stadium. Can we finally get some good weather? I mean, my God, both these games here at MetLife, the first one was after a monsoon, so the field wasn't great. And then this one was in the rain. Sunday, it's looking like it's going to be sunny and in the 60s. I think weather should not play an issue, so no excuse there. But the excuse is you're going up against Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, this defense is going to have a, a tough time contesting him because, you know, he makes all the ridiculous throws. He could run with the ball. You know, his ankle's a little bit banged up, so I imagine he's not going to be running like a madman. Um, he's probably, you know, going to you know hand the ball off a lot and, can this offense do enough, you know, break this game down, Kaz, and make your pick? Obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it'll probably be double digits. I don't have a score for you. Uh, I do think, you know, Jake, the NFL is funny, right? Um, we saw the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. 
You saw the Jaguars uh, lose to the Texans, right? There's stuff stuff that's funny out there. Um, so who knows? That's my that's that would be. I think the Jets have to be going in this thing feeling loose. No one thinks they're going to win, um, but obviously it's a tough matchup. You know, Jake. The other thing I want to point out: the defense is obviously the offense hasn't been good. Zach hasn't been good. I'm not excusing them, but they've played the number two defense, which was the Bills. The number four defense, which was the Cowboys, and the number five defense, which is the Patriots. Now, part of the reason those guys are in the top five is they played the Jets, but they've also played two other games. The number six defense in the NFL, Jake, is the Chiefs. <laughs> so this is another tough matchup. They need the Jets desperately need a game against a team that has a bad defense. They can handle good offense. I think the Jets will do okay against Mahomes. Like if you go back to the Super Bowl when Salah was with the 49ers. I was doing sidebars that day, Jake, right? Like the secondary stories. And I had a story written that the first half was the worst half of football Patrick Mahomes had ever played because they really shut him down. Now he came back and killed him in the second half and and he did, but I think, I think they'll have a good plan for him. I think they can, I don't think this is going to be 45 to nothing or anything like that. I, I think, I think it'll be a 10 point game somewhere around there. I think the toughest matchup is the Chiefs defense. Uh, it will will slow them down. So, well, I mean, Zach Wilson against, you know, Pee-wee softball uh is a problem on defense. So, uh we'll see what he can do. Yeah, I, I cannot see the Jets shocking the world. And what a what a world it would be if they found a way to win like the way the feel and the building changes when you go 2 and 2 and then you go to Denver who just gave up 70 points. Then you're like, "Wait a second, can we go into the bye 3 and 3 with Zach Wilson at quarterback?" Uh, then the feeling changes. Listen, that's the pipe dream miracle. It's likely not going to happen. The Chiefs, you know, look great against the Bears. Everyone looks great against the Bears right now. I think they've lost like 15 straight or something, uh, maybe 13 straight. They look terrible. So, you know, anyone could really score 41 against them. Otherwise, the Chiefs have had a little bit of struggles. You know, they lose to the Lions first week of the year. They barely squeak by the Jaguars. So they have not been world beaters so far this season. Kadarius Tony dropping passes left and right. Um, but they got that mix of running backs there with, with CEH, with Pacheco, who, you know, stomps when he runs, and Jarek McKinnon, you know, as a receiving running back. So they got the triple threat in the backfield. They got Travis Kelsey. You know, he's looking to, you know, show the world, show off to the world. He's got a lot of hundreds of thousands of new fans now that never knew who he was. So it's a primetime stage. 27-10, I am taking the Chiefs. Um, you know, all morale is lost when I'm not even taking the Jets to lose by single digits. I'm taking them to lose by 17 points. Well, cause they also had a, you know, another quarterback, at least audition in a, uh, it's like a, a war letter. It's like revolutionary war. Colin Kaepernick sending a letter released through J Cole. I mean, it's ridiculous. He hasn't played in years. He'd probably still be better than Zach, but any reaction uh, to the Kaepernick letter? I just wonder how many years, Jake, we're going to hear Kaepernick when for quarterback. Like, this has nothing to do with his politics or anything like that. I, he has not played since 2016, right? If Connor McGovern got hurt tomorrow, would you say, sign Nick Mangold, right? Nick Mangold hasn't played since 2016. It's a fun story. <laughs> but, like, it's a lot of times if a guy's away for a, from football for a year, you're like, uh, I don't know if he can come back. Like it's, it's tough seven years. And this always sticks with me, Jake. One of his last games was against the jets. I don't know if you remember this game in San Francisco, Bryce Petty was the starting quarterback and the jets beat them with Bryce Petty and Kaepernick was, was terrible that day. He was, he actually had a good first half running the ball and then he could do nothing. 
And I felt at that point, like he's just no longer that good. I, I don't see it. And then, and then you add the layer into it of whatever team signs them a fraction, a, a portion of their fan base is going to be very upset with that signing. Mm. That's the reality. You can take issue with that and say, that's not right. But that's the reality is if you're going to take a guy that brings that kind of baggage for, for your fan base, he better damn be good. Like he better be worth it. Not, not to, not for a practice squad quarterback that you're like, Oh, maybe, you know, like it's, he just brings a lot with him. And the final element I'll add to this, Jake, is people need to remember Woody Johnson served in the Trump administration. Not sure the jets are the team that's going to go, Oh yeah, let's give Kaepernick a shot. Well, Twitter also found a comment from a tweet from Woody Johnson replying to a uh, Kaepernick protest of the anthem saying weak. So I don't think uh, Kaepernick is in uh, his contact list. So I don't know if the letter ever arrived at one Jets drive. Uh, you know, it's still a return to sender. In the words, there's an Elvis Presley song. There we go. We turn it around from uh, Elvis. I actually do know well, you know, one of the first artists I listened to, my dad would play Elvis cassettes. So I do love a little bit of Elvis Presley. But anyways, um, yeah, so Trevor Simeon's going to be the guy here with Boyle until I, I assume the trade deadline. And then maybe a backup becomes available. But it's, you know, Simeon, Boyle, and Zach from here until uh, Halloween when the deadline is. And, you know, at that point, all these teams might need their backup. You know, already car is already, you know, hurt. And Winston looking like he's going to start for a few weeks. You know, they may need Cooper Rush if Dak gets hurt. So I don't know who's going to be available. Howell has not looked great. So Brissett could end up stepping in and being the starter. So all those options could be unavailable. And we may just be stuck with pure ineptitude. Jets, Chiefs. Enjoy that game. Kyle's will be back with me on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, right after the Mets season ends as well. So kiss goodnight to that. And uh, I'll chat here in a minute with Jake Asman on Gangs All Here. Uh, I haven't spoken to Joe, uh, but obviously Joe is, a, is an icon, a Hall of Famer and a, a well-respected individual in, the, in this organization. Doors always open for him to walk in, and uh, my office is always open for him. And uh, But, you know, We'll agree to disagree with his comments, but uh, um, but he is entitled to those comments. All right, gang's all here. Podcast, Jake and Jake edition. Jake Brown here with friend of the program, Jake Asman. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Asman, the host of the Jake Asman Show on YouTube, and you can hear him on ninety-eight seven ESPN Radio, which is the FM. Is it just AM yet, or is it is it is the FM gone now, or is it the end of the year? When is it happening? Well, I'm very low on the uh, totem pole there, Jake, so I don't know if I'm at liberty to talk about this. But no, it is uh, It is still on the FM until, I believe, August of next year when it will be on AM. And then, obviously, in today's day and age, you can download the ESPN New York app, go on the website. Many ways to still listen to the great content that is ESPN New York. And we are we are digital guys. You know, I've been in the podcast game mo- longer than most people in the country. I've been doing this, sh- I almost said, ish uh, a decade. So, you know, there's always digital ways to listen and watch, and you can watch us on the New York post sports, YouTube page and, and get Jake's show on YouTube. Jake, um, one name we are already sick of is a similar four letter name. And that's Zach got to the point of unbearable with Salah's defense of him. And it's a, you know, it's a coach doing his job. He's defending his players, but call to the point where he's like, he's a great man and a great, He'll be a great husband for a young lady someday. I'm like, well, it'll be for a MILF. It won't be for a, a young lady. It'll be for a 45-year-old woman because he, he loves his cougars. Um, but, like, the defense is starting to get, like, cringeworthy where I'm going to pull my non-existent hair out. 
I know you're, you use all these hair products. I don't. I know you don't want to mess up your hair, but it's getting to that point with the solid defense of Wilson and of Wilson's incapable play. It is just brutal. And honestly, I'm at a point now where, yes, I could come on this lovely podcast that you and Brian Costello host together, and I could say Zach Wilson sucks. Zach Wilson's terrible. And I probably will at some point during this conversation. But I want to make it very clear. It's just beating a dead horse at this point. We know what Zach Wilson is. He is historically bad. He's not bad. He is historically bad to a point where basically any quarterback the Jets have had, maybe not named Luke Falk over the last decade, wins that game against the Patriots on Sunday. And to continue to put Zach Wilson out there, it's on the Jets. It's no longer on Zach Wilson. He has told us time and time again who he is as a quarterback. It is on Robert Sala. And more importantly, it's on another bald guy. Joe Douglas, to go out there and recognize the mistake you made. And signing Trevor Simeon yesterday is a start, but that was something that should have been done immediately after Aaron Rodgers went down. Forget the conversation we all had as Jet fans in the offseason about, hey, are we really going to go into this year with no backup plan besides Zach Wilson if, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers got hurt? And we all question it. And I understand you know, the Jets didn't think, no one thought, even if you're the most negative Jet fan in the world, that Aaron Rodgers would get hurt on the opening drive of the season. I understand that, and that he'd be done for the year. But you had to have known that there was a scenario where Aaron Rodgers maybe had a concussion, he has a sprained ankle, and he has to miss a game or two, or maybe an extended period of time, and you were counting on Zach Wilson to come in and bail you out after what we saw last year. So that was already a huge issue. And then to do nothing for 15 days after Rodgers went down against the Bills in the opener, I mean, if Trevor Simeon was signed the next day, Jake, I mean, maybe you disagree, you let me know, but he could have came into that game around halftime on Sunday against the Patriots, and the Jets win, and they're 2-1 right now. So this fan base is just fired up, disgusted. It's just it's enough of Zach Wilson. It's beating a dead horse to say he's terrible. My issues are with this front office, and really, Salah continuing to coddle the guy, enough. You, you could say, hey, we believe in Zach. We expect him to play better, but that was unacceptable on Sunday. That's okay to say. He doesn't need to try and say he's a great man, a great husband. Well, you know, I got to give Zach credit. He didn't have any turnovers in this one. Like, come on, man. You go back and watch the film, and it's infuriating to see guys wide open, and the quarterback is afraid to throw the ball. You have one of maybe the five best players at the receiver spot in Garrett Wilson. He's open one-on-one time and time again. I'm watching these plays, and I am pulling my hair out. And it's just it's brutal, man. I, I just I don't know what else to say other than, it is organizational malpractice how this entire Wilson debacle has been handled. Yeah, lots to react to there. One, we're, we're losing a prime season of Garrett Wilson here, and it's infuriating because you really could have got a 1,600-yard plus 10, 12 touchdown season of Garrett Wilson. It's being robbed away from us. Two, the trickle-down effect is real. The defense is not going to be happy with him. This offensive line, they're going to do their job and block for him. But it could get ugly. I mean, Zach could end up getting sacked a ton if, you know, if, if he has, you know, every incompletion after incompletion. Like, there's a mental aspect of this game of football where, like, sure, they're going to do their job. I'm not going to say they're not going to block for him, but the cohesion is not going to be there where if you had a Rodgers on the field or even a Simeon and you got six straight completions, that develops cohesion. Guys are confident. They're blocking harder for defenders. They're making sure their quarterback stays upright. But if you're going to, you know, throw a completion, if you're not going to take shots down the field and he's gotten too safe, like it's getting to the point, you're being too safe. And, you know, if you watch the film, you saw times 
where Garrett's open. He couldn't take a shot. There might have been a safety in the distance, but a good throw, and it's an easy 15, 20-yard completion. And he won't do it to the point he's like, I don't want to have a turn. It's almost like he's worried about his stats and having interceptions on his track record, having fumbles on his track record where he won't throw it. So, it's yeah, it's getting unbearable. Um, and we know this story all too well. And some people would say, Jake, you need to calm down. All right, there's, that's enough. I've already done four references to uh, – listen, it's the only week I'm going to do it because that's, you know, the story that's taken over, T-Swift, T-Swift, T-Kelsey this week, and we're all, we're all sick of it. Hearts is sick of it. Cause, you know, is sick of it. And I'm starting to get sick of it. I'm not a Swifty. I do like some of her music. I like the Red Album, preferably. Um, but other than that, I'm out of that. But, yeah, it's it's bad. What did you think of Simeon? I, I thought I would have wanted McCoy. I, I'm worried maybe just his elbow still banged up or – I know there's some similarities with the system with Simeon. Um, there's some ties there offensively. Me and Kai said in the open it was a very eh move, but I think it's good they got a veteran. What was your reaction to Simeon? That's kind of my reaction. Look, I mean, if I had a choice, my choice would have been Carson Wentz out of the options that were available right now. But something's got to be up with Carson Wentz. If Joe Douglas, who was there in Philly when Wentz – was at his best, right? Had that MVP level season before his injury and what ended up being the Nick Foles Super Bowl run that year. Joe Douglas was there and Carson Wentz is available and Douglas doesn't want him. So that tells me that maybe the stuff that you hear about Wentz not being a great locker room guy or whatever rubs people the wrong way. Maybe there's some validity to that. But I mean, Simeon's fine. Honestly, I looked into his numbers. I watched some film as crazy as that sounds and how big of a loser I am that I'm watching all 22 of Trevor Simeon. But here's the guy who is a little mobile, could step up and make easy throws. Like, he's a game manager. Isn't that kind of what they need? Like, if Trevor Simeon could be the 20th best quarterback in the league, which maybe he can't. Let's say he's 23 or 24. I think this team's 2-1 and one right now, and they have a chance in a lot of these games. So I think the Simeon move is, is fine. I also don't think – and I'm curious what Costello said about this. I also don't think this necessarily means the Jets are done making a bigger move at quarterback if – they get to the trade deadline. They're still in maybe a two and four, somehow three and three. I don't know how that happens, but let's say they're two and four. They beat the Broncos and here they are at the deadline coming off the bye week and they have a chance to upgrade and either Ryan Tannehill and the Titans are out of it or Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are out of it. Like, I don't think Simeon would prevent you from maybe making that bigger move if this team shows a pulse over the next couple of weeks. So it's fine. I, I guess my big thing with Trevor Simeon is you could have had him 15 days ago. He should have been signed. So he knows more of the offense by now. So he could start against the chiefs and it's not Zach Wilson, but he's got to start against the Broncos. If it's going to go as bad as most of us think it's going to go on Sunday against Kansas city. Yeah. The cousins talk has taken over and it's something I haven't mentioned yet. Cause I'm like are, are the, you know, Vikings going to go that way. Um, are they just going to quit? What do they do at quarterback? If they were to trade him, well, listen, Kirk Cousins, now the his contract is a bit confusing. I believe, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. Is, is it up after this year, Jake? Do you know his contract status? Is, would this be kind of a rent? If it's a rental and it's up, it, it makes sense. I know there's 2024, 2025 automatically void. So I believe he will be a free agent, correct? Kirk Cousins will be an unrestricted free agent. I mean, you look at the situation there, right? 35, the Vikings have a new regime that was not a part of the regime that brought them in in the first place. Right now, they're 0-3. Their schedule is brutal. The best they could do if they just keep Cousins and let him walk is get a fifth-round compensatory pick in 2025. So if the Jets were to offer a third-round pick closer to the deadline, if the Vikings are a one-win or a two-win team, they're 2-6, and six, let's say, 
I mean, wouldn't that be better than than doing nothing? Or how about this for a trade, Jake? You ready? How about Jets gave a third-round pick and Zach Wilson, so they're guaranteed to finish with the number one overall pick by saying, hey, we're going to play Zach. We're not tanking. We're just seeing what we have in Zach Wilson, a.k.a. We're strategically tanking by playing him the rest of the way. And then they get the first pick, and the Bears in their own division don't, and they stick it to Chicago again. So I have thought about this. That's the trade. Zach Wilson and a third to Minnesota. Vikings end up with Caleb Williams. Jets have hope. Maybe they could still go to the playoffs, and we don't ever have to watch Zach Wilson put on a Jets uniform again. Jake Asman has laid it out there. The greatest trade in the history of the Jets franchise. A third-round pick, and Zach Wilson. I mean, that's the best part of the deal. Give him to him. And Justin Jefferson's not going to be happy about that. Or oh, no. You know, Zach becomes a world beater. He goes to Minnesota, less pressure, and then throwing touchdowns to Justin Jefferson, which he couldn't do to uh, Garrett Wilson. So, listen, it sounds great. It sounds rosy. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I just can't see the Vikings, one, being that. I know they're off to a terrible start, but. I don't know. When is their buy? Let's see. They yeah. So they they don't have the buy till later on. Okay, their buy is December, the first week of December. So they do have eight games. You're right. They could, you know, they could they're one and seven, two and you know, one and seven really. Two and six is like they might not quit yet, because you're still in for a wild card in the wild NFC this year. But uh, yeah, they're one and seven, or God forbid they're 0 and eight, which I don't see happening. Remember, they play the Bears coming up, they got the Panthers, so they got a couple of easy games. Uh, with the Chiefs, They're two and, and six at the now. deadline, though. So the trade deadline is on Halloween. It's October thirty sixth. Like October thirty sixth, October thirty first. Excuse me. So if you look at like their schedule, you mentioned, yeah, winnable game against the Panthers and the Bears, but they still got to play the Chiefs. They got to play the Niners. They got to play the Packers. Like they already Does are. Woody Johnson three. and Joe Douglas say do that. Like, do they say, all right, we'll we'll bring in this you know, good quarterback, and then can him, and then Aaron takes over. Like, will you? Do you think they'll do that? Do you think they'll pull the trigger? I think it depends on what the Jets' record is. See, that's the thing no one talks about with the Cousins deal. It's like, what's uh, the Jets one and five at that point? Then no, you're not going to do that. But you know, let's say they lose to the Chiefs, but they beat Denver. If the Jets are two and four into their bye week, they come out of their bye with the Giants. They beat the Giants, and all of a sudden they're three and four. Why wouldn't you then go add Kirk Cousins for the stretch run? Or maybe by then during the bye week, the Vikings realize, hey, this is not working. We're going to blow it up. We're going to trade you, Kirk. And the same thing applies with the Titans. And honestly, I think Tannehill maybe is more realistic from this standpoint, Jake. Todd Downing and Keith Carter. Downing was Tannehill's OC. Keith Carter was Tannehill's offensive line coach. There's familiarity there already with the quarterback. So maybe that makes the transition easier. And I'm not trying to sit here and say Ryan Tannehill you know, makes the Jets a championship contender, but he's won playoff games. He's been to an AFC championship game. You can't tell me with this defense and running game and Ryan Tannehill, they're not at least maybe a 9-10 win wildcard team. Like That's kind of what I'm looking at. But how do you get to that point? You got to find a way to beat Denver next week because you're not beating Kansas City this week unless you know they don't let Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and maybe anyone else on the Chiefs into the stadium and they have to forfeit. I actually think the Tannehill thing is a lot more of a realistic possibility because they have two backup young quarterbacks there that – are going to step in. I mean, they could throw Malik Willis or, or Will Levis in there. Like they got two guys right there. So, and they look terrible. Like they look like a team who actually might be one and seven at the bye or two and six. Right. I think the Vikings have some promise. They've had a little bit of tough luck, tight games, but the Tannehill thing's interesting. And I would gladly take Tannehill. And I think Tannehill is a guy who doesn't use his legs enough, but is a good running quarterback and could have some success in this offense. So, the Tannehill thing seems a lot more realistic to me than Kirk Cousins. And, you know, you're probably not going to have to give up a lot, maybe a fourth or a fifth for Tannehill. 
His contract isn't bad. Again, an expiring contract. So that's the one I think a lot of people aren't talking about enough. I think all the talk in Jets Twitter is Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. But, you know, because he's probably better than Ryan Tannehill is, is. But I think Tannehill with the downing connection to is a lot more realistic of happening. And I would gladly take him. You're right. Here's the issue. The Jets have defended Zach Wilson so hard, Jake, that they'll argue, look, Zach has us at three and four. He's won us a few games. He's played mistake free. That's my worry is that if they're winning games, they're going to argue, why do we need a quarterback? We're winning games. Well, I don't think they could get to three and four with Zach Wilson. I, I think, that, uh, honestly, I'm at a point, Jake, where I think Trevor Simeon plays starting next week as the starter. And I think with Simeon, they could beat Denver. And with Simeon, they could beat the Giants. Like, I don't think that's out of the question here. Like, would they not be two and one if Simeon played against the Patriots? I think they would be. Like, that's, and honestly, that's not, that's more just how bad the Patriots are if you consider the Jets had three chances to go win the game, despite Zach Wilson having one of the worst quarterback performances we have seen from a Jet quarterback. And, oh, yeah, we've seen that same exact performance from Zach Wilson multiple times, whether it's the two Pats games last year or the Lion or the, uh, excuse me, the Jaguars game. Like, he's that bad, and yet the Jets had multiple chances to win that game. If Randall Cobb catches this crazy Hail Mary, the Jets actually win as crazy as that is. So I, I just – I don't want to throw away the year, and I think Sal is at a point now where he would bench Zach Sunday against the Chiefs if he's melting down, knowing he can go to Boyle for the week, and he has Simeon available to start – starting next week because he'll be here long enough to know enough of the plays to get through a game. So I think we're at like our, our we're, I think we're actually at the end of the Zach Wilson experience here. If he goes out there and melts down, if he's okay, that will be interesting to see what happens against Denver. But I think the jets made this move for Simeon yesterday, knowing Denver's the must win for us to get our second win, be at least two and four at the bye because they're probably not beating Philadelphia. And that then gives them a chance to get two weeks of potentially getting ready to maybe bring in a new quarterback or get Simeon up to speed where they then could get the three and four and then make that move for a Tannehill or Cousins, assuming one of those guys are available at that point. All right. Well, that'd be very, very interesting. Am I wrong though? Like, do you see that as a scenario? Because I think they're done with Zach. I really hope so. I just hate what they're saying. They're putting out there. And, you know, I I can't – I don't know if he's going to bench a a good future husband, a good man, an improved quarterback. I don't know if he's going to do it. I hope he does because I agree with you. He's great in practice. I mean, we just don't see practice, but he's great in practice. He could throw throw a no-look throw. He could throw a successful screen. And we talk about every week, can McCole Hardman get involved? Can you get a screen pass to a running back? Can you get a screen to a tight end? Can you get a screen to a receiver? These are plays that are simple that we do in Madden. They're not rocket science. Simple plays, get it done. If the run game is not going to work, let's just see some simplicity and creativity. There has been one reverse this year, one flea flicker. There's been like two screen passes. I don't think they were complete. I mean, they haven't even had success with a simple screen. It's almost like their offense is like verticals and slants and curls, and that's it. Like, it's like the simplest playbook ever here. And that's not what we expected with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, we expected this offense to have success, obviously, with the Hall of Famer at quarterback, and that didn't happen. But, man, this is not a good look on Hackett either that he has not been able to adjust. Listen, it's all on Zach first off. I'm not blaming Hackett first. Hackett, Zach's been god-awful. But the coaching staff is getting getting out coach every week, Jake, from head coach to the offense. You know, the defense, we can't really blame. You give up 13 points in the NFL, you should be able to win the football game. Um, but across the board, Jake, you know, the Zach's been bad, offense has been bad, but coaching staff is just getting manhandled as well. And that's frustrating considering this could be, you know, a pink slip year for Salah if they win four or five games. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point. I really do. But it sounds like we're talking about, like, Mike LaFleur all over again from last year. Like, this offense has always been better. The second it's not Zach Wilson at quarterback. 
Flacco was able to throw for 300 yards in games and actually win a couple games. You know, we saw Mike White come in and look like a competent quarterback and play well, beat the Bengals two years ago. Last year was good before the injury obviously ended his season. I mean, hell, Josh Johnson, remember him? He comes in on a Thursday night game against the Colts two years ago. He throws for over 300 yards. So I understand what you're saying, but here's the thing with Hackett. If you go back and watch these games, isn't the job of an OC for guys to be open? And really against the Patriots, there were guys open, man. And Zach's is not throwing it. So I understand the criticism of Hackett. I think Jeremy Rucker needs to be playing more. I think Miko Hardman needs to be out there over Randall Cobb. I get all that. But, you know, Zach had the most time to throw in the NFL this past week for any quarterback. So they seemingly have solidified the O-line by moving Beckton and AVT to the tackle spot and inserting Joe Tipman. It's like if the quarterback has time to throw and you're facing a nine-man box and he's still afraid to throw it up to 17 and give Garrett Wilson or Alan Lazard a chance to make a play. I mean, how much could we really blame Nathaniel Hackett? I just put it all on the quarterback. If they stink with Simeon or then Boyle and it's more of the same, then sure, I'll get on Hackett. But, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think is a dummy. Like he did go to a championship game and have a top five offense with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. And let's put it in perspective. I think Blake Bortles is Tom Brady compared to Zach Wilson right now. So I just think Zach is so bad. It's really tough for me to sit here and blame anyone but the quarterback at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it is a team effort across the board, but Zach is enemy number one here. Um, there's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, Chris Trevler comes in, has some success. I mean, like you said, Josh Johnson, like everyone, Joe Flacco. I, you know, I said on Monday's podcast, if Monday morning the Jets assigned Joe Flacco, I wouldn't throw a fit. I would still think he's better than Zach. I mean, it's I not mean, he the is. one guy. He's not mobile. But. <laughs> I, I'd rather you than Flacco. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think he'd be an upgrade. And that's that's how sad it is that like you go look at the numbers, man, like the advanced numbers on Simeon versus Zach, the efficiency graph that's making the way on Twitter. It's the distance between Simeon and Zach. I kid you not, is the same dist- distance between Simeon and Peyton Manning to put in perspective over the last or from 2014 to now. So it's like. I, I, I get it. Like, you know, we all want this team to score more points and we blame the coaches, fire everyone, fire that. I mean, to me, it's like it's on this front office. We're still giving Salah Zach Wilson to play like it's enough. We need to not play Zach Wilson ever again. And putting him out there against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football where the Jets are going to be laughed at by everyone because they're probably going to lose big because that's what happens in this spot. It's brutal for a fan base that deserves so much better. Well, another year of this pain, Jake. Well, what do you think? I said 27-10 on Sunday night. What do you what are you thinking? Is it going to be worse of a blowout? What do you think? Yeah, I would probably say that's a fair score. I mean, they've scored 10 points the last two games offensively. I mean, maybe garbage time. The Chiefs are playing like you know, prevent defense and they move the ball a little bit. I, I, I'll say, I'll say like 28, nine, uh, 28, 12. I guess it's, I, I think the defense will show up and play and, you know, the chiefs are not going to want to like run up the score or anything, but it's just, it, it's tough to envision the jets scoring points right now with Zach Wilson, at quarterback. It wouldn't shock me if it, you know, the, the chiefs end up scoring more than 28 too, but I'll say, I'll say 20, you know what? I'll say 28, 10 and the jets will be consistent with their 10 points on offense every game. Yeah, and if you want my betting predictions, considering I'm on an absolute heater, if you have followed my uh, my tweets and DraftKings posts to me, I'd say don't touch this game. <laughs> I'd stay away from the Sunday night game because it's hard to bat, bet the Zach Wilson under because he's going to have a lot of garbage time yards, like you said, in a prevent defense. It's hard to even bet the spread at nine and a half. Maybe, you know, nine and a half, but get it at nine and a half before it gets to ten and a half because it's probably going to be a ball out, but who knows? They could be down. 
you know, 16 and they get a touchdown with a minute left in garbage time and it's a backdoor cover. So betting wise, I probably would just stay away from this game. It's probably going to be a blowout, but we don't know with the Jets defense. They might contain them. This could be a 16-3 game if the Jets defense plays great. So I like just 2010 too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like the Chiefs, like the Chiefs up until this past week, Jake, they struggled to cover big spreads. So, I mean, that's maybe one thing to watch. I'm kind of with you though. I probably want to bet this game. Don't bet it. Maybe if you want to bet like a Travis Kelsey touchdown, that's usually a lock every week. Although the odds have gotten so crazy on those. It's like uh, CMC. It's like minus 240 scoring touchdown. It's almost not even worth throwing the money down because it's, you're not going to make much. So betting wise, stay away. But, you know, we hope you enjoy the game. The weather at least will be good. We finally get a good weather game at MetLife. Um, I don't think I could bring myself to go. It's just the trek to see Zach Wilson. It, it's really they should be refunding people traveling out of state. It's just gotten to that point where it's not worth the product. The product just isn't good on the offensive side. And you feel bad for the defense. It shouldn't be. Man, if, if they could just get a pick, they have to get a turnover to win games. That's a low bar to set that you need turnovers from the defense. And you need touchdowns from special teams to win games. That's alarming. So, listen, maybe it'll come to Zach and, you know, the Joe Namus words uh, will pump him up. But from what we've seen, the kid's lost his confidence. Um, he's, you know, the arm's not there. He runs backwards. He runs sideways. He doesn't run forward ever. So it's ugly. Jake Asman, Jake Asman show on YouTube, ESPN radio, New York, Jake, uh, you know, hopefully when we check in, hopefully in next month or so, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannels, the Jets quarterback, will check in after the deadline. And, you know, hopefully it's a three and four team and they're in it because, you know, if they're two and eight, two and nine. You're like, how is this happening? There is too much talent on this team to be this bad. And, you know, a quarterback can derail everything. So I hope next time we check in with you, Jake Asman, the Jets are a bit better. I certainly hope so. And I just feel for all the Jet fans, man. I feel for someone like you, Jake, who's obviously a Met fan as well. And, you know, I'm a Yankee fan in baseball this year, which is brutal. And here we are thinking, oh, you know, the, the Jet season's going to give us, you know, something we haven't had in forever. We have hope. We have excitement. And let's be real. Four plays into the year. You know, the, the Super Bowl dream died, but it still should not be this bad. This team is still good enough to compete and fight for a playoff spot. And the longer they stick with Zach Wilson, just the angrier uh, this fan base is going to get. And it's just a brutal situation to be in. Any other position, they're benched. Like the coddling of this kid is just out of control. Um, so we'll see how much longer the uh, the leash is, how much more he gets coddled. And uh, we'll catch you uh, soon, Jay. Guys, and let's let's hope they shock the world. You know, maybe Taylor Swift's there, and she leaves disappointed on Sunday night. She leaves and- with Zach Wilson. How about that? <laughs> no, she's too young for Zach. You know, Zach oh. is Zach is a forty and up kind of. Taylor's <laughs> not forty yet. So, Jake, thanks for coming on, bro. My pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me. So that's a good question, cause we all acknowledge he has to play better. We we all acknowledge that. He acknowledges that. Teammates acknowledge it. He acknowledges it himself. Alrighty, good stuff there from Jake Asman. Always good catching up with Jake as that closes up episode 152 of Gangs All Here, or New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing the show as always. And subscribe to Gangs All Here wherever you get podcasts. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and write in a nice review on Apple. Watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Subscribe there. Follow that Gangs All Here playlist to catch up on all episodes and clips. Give us a thumbs up and comment below. What do you want the Jets to do at quarterback? Do you like Tannehill? Do you like Kirk Cousins? Do you like, you know, Hart's brought up Justin Fields? 
you try for Justin Fields. I don't see the Bears quitting on him this soon, but Cousins, Tannehill, Fields, or the Fields, someone else. Who do you want? Let us know in the comments below on YouTube. Tweet me and let me know. What do you want to do at quarterback at Jake Brown Radio? We'll be back on Monday morning. We'll record the post-game episode. So look for that by noon on Monday as we react to, you know, hopefully the Jets win. I mean, I just don't see any reality, any world where the Jets end up, you know, winning this game and it's all a love story. All right, that's enough. I've used enough Taylor Swift quotes. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to Ganks All Here, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Zach Wilson is the anti-hero.